Welcome to Passion Groove. This is a podcast for all you football and music lovers out there. Enough about us, I'm more concerned about you. You've got this far and you're still sat there doing nothing. Come on, get yourself involved. This podcast is sponsored by Beer52. There's a whole world of craft beer to be discovered out there and the team at Beer52 are helping you to taste them all with their monthly subscription. This subscription allows you to choose from a box of all light beers or a mixed style box. This also includes a tasty snack and their famous ferment magazine. All the lads here at Pass and Groove have a subscription with Beer52 and would highly recommend you all to join the adventure into unique craft beers, which also includes some exclusive beers that you can only find at Beer52. To subscribe and for more information, click the link in the podcast description. Cheers, Groovers. Right, okay. So we're back on the airwaves again with another Passing Groove podcast. I'm joined yet again by the usual suspects. You've got myself, Nate. Um, I'm joined by Hodge. All right, big man. You okay? Not too bad. And Con. Evening, fellas. Evening, mate. I've um, got a, yet another special guest on. We've got a lad who's played high level, high level on the non-league uh, throughout his career from you know from the early teenage years, really. Uh, currently, at a really young age, captaining Witten Albion at 23. Uh, we've got Josh Wardle. How are you, mate? Done, fellas. How are we doing? Not too bad. Very good. Very good. Thanks. Not too bad at all, mate. Yeah. So, Josh, what obviously what we we'll, what we do, we'll do what we do with every guest. Really, we'll just go straight into it, mate. How did you sort of get into football? What was the story behind that? Um, well, my old man was a decent player. To be fair, he played for like Blackpool, Oldham, Rochdale, like all them sort of crappy League One, League Two teams. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, dropped into non-league when I was, like, back end of his career, when he was back pushing, like, 30s, late 30s. So I used to go and watch him. He played for, like, Salford when they were really shit, like, down in the counties and that. Um, so I used to go and watch him playing for them. And then he was, took over as manager and that. So I used to go and watch that all the time. Um, just, like, always played footy, really. And just played for my local team when I was, when I was a kid. Never played no academy football. <laughs> Always played like just local football with my mates. Played for the same team for like 16 years. And then in the final year, like under 16s, joined another team, which didn't go down very well with half my mates, but <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Well, what was that what was that like, mate? Obviously, you've said there your dad forging as like a decent career there. Was that always something that even when you were playing for your local team, you'd always wanted to push on and maybe make that step yourself? Um yeah, I probably was never really good enough when I was younger. Like, I've only really come off decent the past few years. I was always pretty shit. Um, but I was always big. Like, so I used to just play centre mid or centre half and I'd just be bigger than everyone else. Um, but my old man says that I was better than he was. It's just he played at a time where you just had to be, like, big and strong and he'd just head and kick people and not be arsed about it. So he, that's how he got... That's how he made a decent career out of it. Um, but, no, I was happy just playing, like... With my mates, I wasn't really asked about going to. Obviously, if if a club would have come in, then I would have like obviously gone, but just wasn't really too asked about it. I was quite happy just playing Sundays with my mates. 
yeah, I mean, we can. <laughs> I think that you're speaking to a good three lads here who sort of had the same thing, never made the step up, but I can. we can all sort of relate to that. Now, uh, one of the lads actually mentioned it to me before, that you did, do we sort of into your rugby as well at the same time as your footy? Yeah, so I used to play rugby on a Saturday. For, I went to like a grammar school. So I used to play rugby on a Saturday and then footy on a Sunday. Like, I, used to, I used to be better at rugby than I was at footy, probably, to be honest with you. Um, and then, obviously, Pred, Adam Hughes, me and him used to play each other on a Saturday and just knock, like, ten bells of shit out of each other. And, and we didn't know each other until, like, five years ago, six years ago, so... Pretty mad when he told me that he used to play rugby as well. But yeah, I used to love playing rugby. Probably was pretty close to quitting footy a few years ago and going playing rugby again when I was at Kendall. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, was was that like was that a big choice for you? You know, making that decision because it, it's like I mean, I had to go at rugby when I was younger, and I know, I, know, Jeez, I think I took one not. knot to the head and give it a give give it. I know, mate, you won't think it, and uh, <laughs> give it a give it give it a miss from then on. The two like quite polar opposite sports, really. Was it a difficult choice for you to make like the decision to get into footy instead? Um, well, I never played rugby until I went to high school. So I went to a high school where you could you couldn't play footy. It was a rugby school, a proper old boys grammar school. Like you know where you get like all the shit stories of like proper rugby boys and that. Like it was everything <laughs> that it was like. And then now now when I look back at it, I think like, what the fuck was that? Like that was a, that was a mess, but um, like got forced into rugby really playing for the school. So if you were half decent, then you had to play. Like you literally couldn't get out of it. So um, and then it came to a point where my foot obviously when I came out 15, 16, I went playing men's football. Then it obviously moved to a Saturday, so I couldn't play both at the same time. So I had to make that decision. And I was probably in a better position. You can earn more money with footy, and I was in like a better position with my footy to to go forward with that rather than play rugby, I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> you said there, you, you sort of touched on it before, played for the same club for a number of years, sort of through your youth um, career. And you've just said then, you sort of made step up to men's football at quite a young age. Is that right? Yeah. So I was playing, um, used to play for a team, like local team, who were at a first team in the West Lanks League, which is like equivalent to like West Cheshire, you know, like promotion to like the counties and that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I was 15, I um, their, their first team manager wanted me to go play for them. Um, they were in like Division One or something of the West Lanks League. And then the day before, I was playing for my kids t- for like the kids team. I tore like tore the ligaments in my ankle, so couldn't play. Um, and then when obviously when I finished junior football, I went playing for Slime, who were based up in Lancaster in the West Lanks Prem. Um, and then playing for Lancaster Resis as well on a Thursday night. Um, so, yeah, so never really played, like, youth football, never played FA Youth Cup, just went straight into men's football straight away. How so, was that there, Josh, sort of state, making the step up? Was it a bit, uh, of a bit of an eye-opener? Mate, I was, like, this scrawny, lanky bastard. <laughs> I was, like, the height I am now, I was, like, six foot two, six foot three, but when I was 16 or something, I must have weighed about 10, 11 stone, piss wet through. <laughs> So I was like this little scrawny kid walked into this changing room full of these fellas that were all good mates, like 30, 32, and they just absolutely ripped the shit out of me for like the first hour, mm. calling me like a corner flag, like, like <laughs> <so> <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> I 
Telling I'd love to, to be stand. called a corner flag nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> like telling me to go and stand like, by the by the goalposts and that, and just like act as a marker for him. Like honestly, they hammered me for like an hour straight. But I never obviously experienced anything like it. It was they were unbelievable set of lads to go in for. Like, I'm still good mates quite a few of them now. They, they were like an unbelievable group to go in with at Slide, and they, they just like sort of showed me showed me the way from a young age, and I loved it. I'm glad, I'm glad I went straight into like men's football and sort of swerved you footy. I was going to say, like, do you think, like, sort of from your own opinion, could that have gone two ways for you? Obviously, yourself, you've said there, you sort of take the banter on the head. Do you reckon there's, there's like 50% of lads who'd sort of just, you know, maybe shy away from yeah. it and think, oh, this isn't for me, this? Yeah, I was, well, to be fair, I was like pretty shy. So I didn't really say anything back to him. You know, you just sort of take it and like try, <laughs> try and swallow it up. <laughs> Um, but yeah, definitely. Like, I think even now like, at, at Witten, if we get a young lad in he, and you hammer him a bit too much, sometimes they go in the shell, don't The young lad came in, I did the same to him. Like, told everyone to hammer him so that they left me alone for a bit. You also said there, mate, obviously on a Thursday, you're playing for Lancaster. What was that like? You know, so did you play sort of for two teams or almost at the same time? Yeah, so what it so I went to Lancaster first, really. Like got they sort of they sort of picked me up when I was 15, 16. I went playing for the Resis for a bit. And then they had sort of this link with Slide. I wasn't ready for like Lancaster first team yet, who were we're in like Northern Prem, was nowhere near ready for that. I would have got my arse handed to me week in, week out. And they had like this little link with Slime. It's like five minutes down the road from them. And they used to send lads there, take lads from them. So it was a bit of that, really. I was playing for the Resis on a Thursday, going playing for Slime on a Saturday. I wouldn't train with Slime. I'd just turn up and play. I'd train with Lancaster on a Tuesday night. Um, so, yeah, it was like play, it was playing for two teams at the same time, really. And I, and I didn't drive as well, so I had my old man... Obviously, ferrying me down the M6 to Lancaster three times a week and back. Yeah. Well, what was the what's the sta- what's the standard like there in, in in reserve football? Are you are you looking at a bit more of sort of a competitive, maybe it's slightly more competitive because you've got lads there thinking, you know, we want to push it up to the first team. Yeah, it was like yeah. So there was like a bit of a mix, really. You've obviously got the lads coming in from the first team that have been injured or just aren't getting a sniff. Um, young lads like myself that are probably a bit too good for youth football but not quite ready to play first team. And then there was just a few that were just like old farts that just wanted to play footy on a Thursday night. So, <laughs> so you, like, you get teams, yeah, so you get teams like putting, just putting like a group of, of men out. So one week you could end up playing like a, a team full of 30, 35-year-olds that are all just mates having a laugh. Then the next week, you end up playing like a team that's proper technical, trying to get the ball down and pass it out, that have got six or seven of their first team in coming back from injury and that. Varied every week, but yeah, a bit of a learning curve. Yeah, of course. I mean, do you remember, it's quite a difficult question to answer, but do you remember sort of your first game coming into senior football and and sort of how, how, how it went for you? Oh, flipping heck. <laughs> I do for Slime, yeah. Um I was playing, I used to play, rather, because I was like stick thin, didn't have much about me. I used to get thrown out and play left back because I'm left footed. So I think they just looked at me like, oh, you can just do a job out there. I played against some kid that was 
I think I think he was pretty highly rated in the West Lanks League and ended up getting a move the year after. And he absolutely battered me for about an hour to the to the point where I got dragged. And I was like sat there on the bench thinking, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> um but I think for Lancaster, um I can't really remember my first game for Lancaster, to be honest with you. I sat I remember sitting, I used I was sat on the bench for ages for Lancaster. Didn't, didn't get a game for like, must have been six weeks. I'm travelling all over like northwest on a Thursday night, like a little keen bastard. <laughs> like, looking back now, I'm like, just like thinking of it now, like, why the fuck did I do that? <laughs> um, little keen bastard sitting on the bench and the reserve manager took a proper like shine to me. Still speak to him now quite a bit. Um, and he always used to use me as an example in his team talks and I just used to cringe away in the corner. <laughs> Remember we played Staley Bridge on Thursday night, got battered about 6-0. And I, was, I didn't get on, so this was when I was still sat on the bench. And in his team talk afterwards, he was this Scot. He was like a Scottish fella, and he just used to hammer them. Like, bearing in mind, it's Resi's football. You've got kids my age playing. And he just used to be like, yeah, fucking shit. Like, honestly, proper old school, battering them. And he turned to, to the two centre-halves, and he was like, look, if you two don't do the job, I'm going to bring him on. And I was like, just sat in the corner, like cringing my head. <laughs> yeah, that's probably like my first memory of like men's football, I think. Sitting in a change room like that. <laughs> did, did that. Did that ever make you the target in that team? Because lads calling you like a, a case of Aston, anything like that. <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. I think they were all like... It was weird. There was like players in and out every every other week. There was probably only about five or six of us actually consistently there every week. Um, and they were probably the young lads. So they, they're just like, the lads that came in, the res, the, the first teamers that came in just weren't asked, didn't want to be there. And then the other lads what come in were probably lads coming in on trial and then they'd get bombed off the week later or won't turn up again. So no one was really asked. Yeah, it was... It was a bit weird thinking about it. Like, it wasn't proper Resi's football, but it was it was a good experience. Yeah, of course. I mean, what sort of your your next sort of move, uh, sort of from there? You've, you've got your Saturday team and your your your, your lanks on a, a Thursday. Um, so I went to uni. Um, I went to John Moore's in Liverpool Uni, um, and then so I was in and around like Lancaster's first team training with them rather than training with the Rezies. Um, Aaron Peacock was manager, and with um, Trevor Sinclair was his assistant. Um, and then they got the sack. Like, must have been my first year at uni, and two first-team players took it over. Um, and they wanted me to sign and play for the first team, play for that first team every week. Um, but then Kendall, Kendall Town come in, um, and the slime manager was quite pally with the Kendall manager. And he managed to convince me to go there. I think I, I think I went there for like less money than what Lancaster are offering me. And it's middle of nowhere. It's like going to it's like Lord of the Rings up there. Going to like Mordor. <laughs> Proper grim. Um so yeah, I signed for Kendall Town my first maybe maybe I can't remember. Yeah, I must have been like 17, 18 at the time, signed for Kendall Town and what would that have been? Everstick North, Division One. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I went to Kendall. But I mean, that that step up, I mean, obviously Lancaster, like you say, playing high level, but you, you're sort of in and around the first team. And from having sort of that sort of like almost like organic, no sort of clubs 
from a young age. Was that like a surprise that it sort of came about making that step up and that you had these clubs sort of interested in you? Um, no, not really. I was so by that time I sort of like filled out a bit, I was going to the gym, so I was playing centre half again for, for slide. And it was a bit bit too easy. Like we had an um, we had an unbelievable team. So they were normally pretty crap slime, like bottom bottom of the West Lanks League trying to trying to stay up. And I think in my season there, we ended up finishing third, I think. Um and we were one of the only teams that never paid. So no didn't get any money for it. Um and we got to the semi-final, I think, of like Lancashire Cup. Um, so, it, and then sort of towards the end of that year, like start of my second year there, it was like getting a bit, you know, getting a bit too easy at that level. And I was sort of ready for the step up. There's a, a few of the better teams in West Lanks League looking to take me on. Um, so I knew something was probably going to come up. It was just when, um, but... Yeah, going to Kendall was a bit intimidating because at the time they had like a class team. Um, so they were paying like big, big money to a lot of heavy hitters. They had lads at, in, in that league on like 350, 400 quid a week. Jesus. In like Evil Stick yeah. Division One um, on like two year contracts and that. So they were, they were top of the league, absolutely flying. And then I come in on about, I think I was getting about 20 quid a week, like barely covering my fuel. <laughs> I was just happy to, you know, I made the step up. I wasn't really asked about the money at that stage. Um, mm. And then, yeah, so I, I went in and it was like a really good team, a bit intimidating, but I knew a few of the lads, obviously because Lancaster's so close to Kendall. There's not many other teams up there, so they sort of just swap players every, every other season, every season. So I knew the majority of the team already from from Lancaster, so it was a bit easier going in that way. Um, yeah, yeah, it was good going in there, but yeah, still intimidating at the same time. Did you have did, like you know moving to a, a club also sort of in the same area, but sort of regardless of that, did you still do you have lads looking at you when you go into a new changing room, and maybe sort of looking at you as if you're there to take their place, and they're looking at you thinking as competition, or is it all sort of you know, opening, like with welcoming you in that. Yeah, so I went in at Kendall. They had two centre halves that were dead experienced, like 26, 27 heavy hitters. So I went in as sort of third choice centre half um, and then ended up actually playing left back again. Starting every week playing left back for the first six weeks or so. Um, and funnily enough, the lad that was playing left back before I went in was at Slime with me. And we were like good mates. He was a scout, so we were good mates. Um, and I ended up like, he, well, kicked him out of the team, basically. And that sort of, he, he didn't really take it too well. Um, so, I, well, I don't know. It was just a bit awkward. Like, he wasn't he wasn't obviously too happy. He didn't think I was as good as him. Um, still mates with him now, like, but at the time, it sort of strained our relationship a bit. Like, we, we weren't really mates. And then when I got moved back in centre-half, he coming at left-back. I could just tell there was a bit, you know, when there's a bit of like tension still there. So I'm like giving him a bollocking playing left side. And he's just telling me to fuck off, not listening to me to nothing. <laughs> no, so, <bollocks>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, Hodge, Hodge is a left back, you see, Josh. And you're the um, centre half that's bollocking me. Yeah. And I'm the centre half that's bollocking me. <laughs> I, I do it too much. I give it out too much, me sometimes. I have to get reeled in by someone else half the time. <laughs> Have you ever have you ever found like 
you know, you've said there when you when you if you dish an out of barking to someone, have you ever found out that like found that it's like sort of affected it off the pitch? Or as soon as you get in the changes, is it sort of like finished? Concentrate on what the manager's got to say. Um, I'm, I'm I'm pretty like cautious with it. If I'm prop, if someone's having a shitter and I'm like hammering him, and I can tell I'm hammering him, I sort of like sit him down at half time or after the game and like be like, look, it's not personal. You're just having a bit of a shitter. Like I'm trying to help him at the end of the day. It don't come across that way sometimes. Like it's just the way I am. I just have to tell people before and like if you if you're playing in my team, I'm gonna bollock you. Just ignore me if you want. I'm not asked. Like don't care. Just just don't take it personally. Because when someone starts taking it personally, then it's like a problem in it. Um, yeah, of course. Tongi Tongi takes it personally when I when I hammer him. Like he really can't <laughs> handle it. And neither neither can uh, neither can Adam Pred. To be fair, um, me and him play centre half together a few times for the union. We played, I think we played one game together and then we had to call it a day. Couldn't play together anymore because we just, <laughs> just like at each other's throats for 90 minutes. But yeah, yeah, I try and have a word with lads afterwards. If I, if I feel like I've been a bit harsh and or someone says you've been a bit harsh, I'll probably try and have a word with them afterwards and say, it's not personal. I'll just go and grab a pint or something. You, I'll, you I'll, mentioned your saucy. Go on, I think, I think, go on, go on, Hodge. I think you're asking the same question. Go on. You mentioned your saucy uni uh, football there, Josh. How did that sort of go down? How was that? Uh, I loved uni footy. Absolutely loved it. Probably like, well, the football's good, but then like obviously the nights out and the boozing and the social side of everything is probably what, that's what makes it. The standard of football is crap, but like the, the, <laughs> the, the like the boozing that is is what what makes it. Um, we had we had obviously you know, I was pretty blessed that I had like three years of being an unbelievable team at uni. So I played second team in my first year, and then first team in my second and third year and then a bit bit whilst I was doing my masters. But we had like a, a team teams full of lads just playing in non league. We we could have we could have easily won Northern Prem or counties, I think, with, with the uni team we had. It, it was probably that good, I think. But yeah, I loved it. I loved uni footy. It was, it was class. Got like two of my best mates, like obviously Pred and Tongi met him for uni footy and I'm still mates from now. Our halftime break is proudly sponsored by VintageFootballShirts.com. VintageFootballShirts.com are the market leaders in the sales of rare, original and vintage football shirts. Their range features shirts from as far back as the 1980s and includes virtually every British domestic team alongside many other worldwide clubs and international sides. Click the link in the description below to grab your favourite vintage shirt today. Now let's get back on with the pod. Obviously, you've said there the standard of uni footy, and obviously you're still playing at your high level at the weekends. What was that like balancing the two out? Um, I did well. Obviously, I started playing when I was at Kendall, and the Kendall manager tried to make me not get on the head uni footy. Yeah. So it, yeah, they did. obviously I was like non-contract, so they couldn't dictate it. But he was a bit of an arsehole, to be honest with you. I didn't get on with him. You know, don't care. Like, never going to manage me again, so don't, don't care. Um, and he, like, pulled me into his office one day and was like, oh, I've heard you've been playing uni footy. I was like, well, yeah, I have. He was like, yeah, you need to stop or, or we're not going to, like, we're basically not going to play you anymore. Um, but this was after, so, like, 
just backtrack a bit. Kendall like went ticks up. So when okay. I went in, six weeks we were flying, like top of the league, everything. And then they were obviously spending beyond the means and the chairman just pulled out. Um, so that the manager had to, the, my first manager, Stringy, he had to do the rounds and ring round saying, you've got no money, you're getting released, you're getting released, you're getting released. And then he got to me and he was like, you can stay. <laughs> so I was on like pennies. They did it with like four or five of the other young lads. And then the week after, Stringy and his assistant left and this other manager come in that, didn't get on with, just didn't like him at all. He didn't like me. A bit of like mutual hate between each other. Um, and then one day he pulled me into his office and was like, you're going to have to knock uni footy on the head. And I was just like, sat in his office, like, yeah, yeah, sound, will do. Did, like, just carried on playing, not, not bothered. Um, and he didn't, like, a lot of managers don't like it. So when I was at Skem, it was the same. Didn't want me playing uni footy. Um, never played it whilst I'd been at Witten, to be fair, so... Um, it's not been a problem, but it obviously training on Tuesday night, playing training on a Monday for the uni, training Tuesday night for the club, playing on a Wednesday, training on a Thursday, playing on a Saturday. So it's like a lot of footy in a week, and then you're obviously going out four or five nights a week for uni at uni. Like it wasn't wasn't <laughs> a good combination looking back at it. <laughs> <laughs> but what was that like you know being at a club like Kendall that were flying and then all of a sudden you know I don't know how quick it happens but you know within within a, a split second it's all sort of the, the plug's pulled and you you're, you end up being probably one of the longest serving players yeah. after you've had these senior lads around you so like it was six weeks after I'd been there we all got a call but getting the obviously the WhatsApp groups going off one night and it's like People saying, oh, I'm leaving. Body, body, Bob, just been released. And then we got to training on the third. This was like the Wednesday. Got to training on the Thursday. It was like six of us there. Six of us left. Managers, the manager's there. And he's like, yeah, we're leaving as well. Chairman's <laughs> left. This new chairman came in. So this new chairman said hello to us all. Fucking hell. He was a character, but he was like, run the club into the ground. There's like a Twitter page made of him. All the um, all the play, all the old players like made a Twitter page of him called Deluded George. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'll try and uh, I'll try and find it, send it afterwards. Honestly, <laughs> it was absolutely hilarious. He got it was like him, his wife, and his son ran the club. But his son was like, I think his son was younger than me. He was like twenty-one at the time, and then he, he put himself on the bench. Like his son had put himself on the bench. <laughs> oh, no, so. It was just like an absolute shit show. Right, so man, he'd have to run downstairs in the bar to get our wages because he just wouldn't have enough money. He'd have to wait until people had been served pints and that after the game to give us our wages because he just didn't have any money. Um, so, yeah, it just went tits up. And then we ended up, thankfully, we got enough points at the start of the season. I think we probably only picked up like six points in between. What would it be? It would have been October and the end of the season and managed to like stay up but <laughs> yeah it was a joke what, what are you sort of thinking there Josh where you can obviously see it's it's being run badly kind of thing are you just kind of thinking you know I need to get out of here um, well no as funny as it sounds I was happy to be I was playing centre half every week and I was just happy to be 
playing every week, centre half. I, I wasn't asked. I was getting getting a de- decent, right? No, 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 no good wage, but I, d- I didn't know at the time what lads earned. So I was getting money to play footy. So I was like over the moon. We're getting paid. A bit naive probably at the time, but I was getting paid to, to play footy, which I would have done for free anyway. So, um, and it was quite a good group of lads that stuck about. Like everyone ended up just being mates because we were that shit. And it was that much of a shit show that we just had to like be a good group of lads to to get through it. Yeah, so obviously it sort of went down the the, the, the pan there at, um, at Kendall. Um, and obviously you, you're in uni and I can imagine sort of the travelling and that might have come a bit of a, an issue. Was that sort of another reason that you needed to, you know, get a club a bit closer to where you were based? Yeah, so it was like really my, third, I think it might have been my, my third year of uni when it, you know, when it like really heat, like gets actually serious, like your first two years at uni are just a dot, aren't they? Then your third year at uni, you've actually got put a bit of effort in. So I'm obviously travelling. I used to have to leave at four o'clock on a Tuesday and Thursday to get to training for, I think it was about half six in Kendall. And then I'm training for two hours, whatever it was, not getting home till 11. Um, so I lived, in, I lived in the middle of town in Liverpool. And then on Saturdays, the same, unless I'd stay at home in Preston at my old man's house. Um, but I did that for like three, two or three years at Kendall. I think it was there three years. Um, before I finally thought it's not for me this when I just had a proper falling out with the manager at the time and it was just the end of me I was like fuck this just after one game I just like text well I did it I did it the wrong way really I was mates with Jack Fleming who's um, was at Skem at the time and I texted Skem manager and was like sort me out with a move away from here Um, yeah and then it, it didn't go down well with Kendall but it, it was what it was at the end of the day. I wasn't happy there and I just wanted to get out of there as quick as possible at that stage. So, so the, the skem move then, Mace, uh, how was that, you know, moving to, obviously, you're up in Lancaster. Was there, was there many, like, sort of Merseyside lads playing for you up in Kendall or was it more, you know, Lancaster, uh, Lancashire lads? Um, there was one, the, one lad. So me and him used to travel together from, from Liverpool. He didn't drive, so I driving a little shitty like old Peugeot 2004 plate, rattling up the M6. Um, there's a few lads in Preston that we used to jump in with sometimes, but yeah, it was it was just just us two doing like four hours travelling on a Tuesday and then a Thursday as well. Yeah, it was a nightmare. Yeah, so Skem, what, what was that like? You sort of moving, you mentioned there that you knew what maybe one or two of the lads sort of coming in. Do you have to then make a name for yourself again? even though obviously you've already played at the level, do you have to sort of go in and sort of show them why you're there? Um, Skem was a bit different, to be fair, because they were right at the bottom of, I think they were like second bottom when I went in of um, Division One of the Evo. Um, so they were like really struggling. It was like a team with lads from all sort, all areas. Like no one at, at Lancaster and Kendall, because of where it is, it, it's like quite an, tight-knit bond of, of players. Whereas at Skem, because obviously it's where it is, they can get lads from anywhere. So there was lads coming from all sorts of areas. Um, I don't even think, I think I trained, I don't even think I trained with Skem before I played. And they didn't have a ground. Right? The, 
they think they've just been kicked out of their old ground in Skem. So we played at Marine for like two or three games and then moved up to Prescott, which is like bad enough in itself playing at Prescott. Never mind when you're not actually playing for Prescott. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't think I I don't think I actually trained for, for Skem. And then I played first game, had an absolute worldie. Um, I think from there, I just sort of kicked on. That was when I really kicked on from when I was at Skem. Did I ever have to play against Kendall again? After yeah, that yeah. Before? So we played against Kendall on a Tuesday night. Um, and this is it's probably one of my favourite games ever. We were like, I think we were 2-0 down. And like last 10 minutes, I think we should, So the last 10 minutes, we scored three to make it 3-2. And like when the last one went in, I'm like running down the touchline past the old manager, like proper giving it big and against him. Giving it the other way off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My dad like took me to the game. He's like, "What are you gonna do if she score?" I was like, "I'm gonna celebrate." I loved, I loved all the fans, all the people at Kendall were mint, but the staff, I couldn't stand them. So I was proper giving it big in every goal. With two one down, I was celebrating out all over the place. <laughs> and then when that third one went in, yeah, it was just it was like pandemonium. It, I thought I'd won the World Cup. So, yeah. <laughs> How did that go down? Um. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think some of the lads that were at Kendall, are, I don't think many of them appreciated it at the time. And some of them still hold a bit of a grudge now, but I'm not really asked. I <laughs> don't, 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 don't care. Um, as long as got yeah, three points, it's game of football uh, yeah, at the so, end of the day, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, it is what it is, isn't it? Still want to win, regardless yeah, of who you're playing. So, what, what was your time at at, at Scam like? Obviously, you, you said there you're still. You're going into like your sort of serious year of uni as well. Did you find it hard to balance the two? Not even like uni football, just like you know, you're doing you're doing a degree and you're playing non-league football. Like that's not it's not easy, is it? You're doing like a dissertation and yeah. all that. Um I probably didn't put as much effort into my uni as I could have done. I sort of like was that realized I was at a two-one level and just sort of cantered my way through it, like dotting it off still a bit. Um but the manager at Skem was mint with me, a fellow called Dave Powell. He was class. Took a bit of a, like, we got on really well. He took a bit of a liking to me. Um, and then he was, if I needed, like, a night off, because I had an exam the next day, he was sound with it, was fine with it. Some managers would probably fine you, but, um, yeah, he was sound. He, he let me get away with murder with quite a few things. Um, I think that's probably why I kicked on a bit, because I don't really like it when a manager's dead strict with me. Um, but he let me get away with loads, probably stuff that he shouldn't have let me get away with. Um, <laughs> and it, and yeah, I did, I did well for him. Like I played well for him, probably the best I've played, barring being at Witten. Um, so yeah, he helped. So I got on with him. Yeah. Like I, I was, I was going to ask you this before, actually, Josh. But obviously, <clears throat> you're playing at a level now. Well, obviously, well now and at the time. You know, there's lads that have been in academies for a lot of their careers who are then having to go to that level. Do you think that you know? Are, are you what? What sort of like? Can you tell when these lads drop down? Because no doubt you've obviously played against them. Yeah. You've had that, you know, almost like Jamie Vardy esque sort of coming through the the, the non league pyramid, and these lads have had the the, the drop down. Is, is there a difference of standard or mentality from from the two at all? Like, can you tell that these lads have had played full-time football or is it sort of like you're here, you're all at the same level now? 
I think it depends where what team you're at. So when we was at Skem, there was three or four lads that had just dropped out of being scholars and you know like getting first year pros and that coming into playing on dog shit pitches at Prescott, coming into change rooms that have got asbestos hanging off the walls, like stink like crap. And then uh, like having to be, we were in like a relegation dog fight every point at Skem, like would matter. They didn't have no money if they'd have gone got rele- relegated again. Probably would have gone bust. Um, so I think me, yeah, having like a background of that, stood me in better stead than some of the lads that had dropped out of of the pro game. They used to like having everything ready for them, like the boots cleaned and everything. Whereas at Skem, played on a Saturday in what in like this year's home kit, and then we played on the Tuesday in a home kit from like four years ago. All the shirts were like six XL. Hanging off you, <laughs> and then you get to the Saturday, and the the first kit that you wore would still sting, like clean enough. So obviously the lads that have come out of the pro game aren't used to that. Whereas it to me it was just just wasn't asked. It didn't matter to me. So it's almost yeah. like not like an advantage, but it almost like you say holds you in sort of better stead for that for that yeah. sort of for that for that bit of football in it really. Yeah, but then on the other hand, probably when I was at Lancaster, those lads that so if if you listen, Sam Bailey, he was at Bolton. He had like two, three years as a, as a pro at Bolton. Dropped out, like got released, went to Lancaster, and he just took it in his stride. He wasn't bothered. Probably one of the best play, best right backs in the league. Got the longest throw you've ever seen, like Rory Delap, but bigger, like Rory Delap on Rory. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's um, he just took it in his stride that first year at Lancaster. And I think he scored like 15 goals from right back. And it, it just, I think it just depends on the player, doesn't it? Like you get some lads that are dead fancy, like where, like are asked about having different boots every week and turning up with the snide Louis Vuitton wash bags and that. <laughs> and then some lads just come with it. I think, yeah. But they're they're the ones that will do better than. Did the tosses? Yeah, yeah. Are there many, are there many snide Louis Vuitton bags in, in the non-league? <laughs> uh, I think so. Yeah, probably. Uh, I, I can't really tell, but Tony Defoe has one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there, there will be. You, there's quite a few lads that will accept it, that, that will openly say it. So, I think more scouts lads will have snide stuff, but not um, like admit it. <laughs> Whereas a lot, a lot of my mates that so my mates that are scousers, they won't admit that it's snide. Whereas my mates that are manx, they'll just be like, "Yeah, it's snide." Not won't, won't be asked about it. But yeah, yeah, there's loads of it floating around, like trainers, everything. <laughs> so I don't know. Why I'm laughing. I'm just jealous. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah to be honest, yeah, so I, can't I can't even afford, even afford a snide one. I know. So. Yeah, I was exactly. about to say that I can't even get the snides, me. <laughs> Um, so you're kicking on it. It's it's scam there now. Obviously, I mentioned about lads who dropped down. Is it ever ever sort of you know when you're playing well at that level? Is it ever a feeling that you're looking to to go even like sort of make even further steps up, or are you sort of just level headed and playing yeah. sort of kicking on the way that you want to? No, all the time. So I obviously yeah, I keep speaking about these two a lot, but I used to like obviously play with Tongi and Adam for the uni. And then I'd, I'd be in a 
struggling team in the Division 1 and I was seeing them playing Northern Prem for Marine and I, I was sat there thinking, they, they don't know this, but I used to sit there thinking like, how the fuck are they playing at that level and I'm playing at this level? Like, And I still do it now. I like, probably look at lads in that play Conference, Conference North and just like, they're crap. How are they playing at that level and I'm playing Northern Prem? But then they're, they're probably like 10 times better than me, so my opinion's invalid, useless. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, definitely look at other lads playing higher and try it, try it. Well, I think that can probably play higher, but whether I can or not, it's another story. I've tried it, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, we'll go back to go back to uni football quickly. Um, I've been given a bit of inside information on your, your, your uni night south, Josh. Um, we'll, well, we'll try and keep these in the pod as well. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, I'll openly tell you who's Tully. Tungi said that you've got a bit of a, a knack for uh, backdoor in night south. <laughs> um, no, because I, I can't. I'm not very good with me. Well, I, I don't have like a limit on me on me booze, so I go too hard too early, and then I'll just be sat in the corner like a like a mannequin, <laughs> just be sat in the corner frothing at the mouth, and then just have to back backdoor it. But Tongi, Tongi's the worst because he, he, when he was with his ex-missus, he wasn't. Nobody heard of him for a year and a half, eighteen months, ah. and now he's broke up with his missus. He's back on the scene, wants to <laughs> run again. So um, yeah, he's the worst for it. But yeah, I'll, I'll openly admit that I'm a bit of a backdoor shuffler. When it comes, I won't say bye to anyone. I'll just just get off and. That's the best way to do that, man. <laughs> so you, again, you mentioned you. We'll keep it on the night out theme for a bit. Um, <laughs> another another little story I heard is that you um, you caused your phone to have a bit of water damage through um, pure sickness. It wasn't no, it wasn't mine. Um, one of uh, one of me one of me mates. Um, yeah, I, I don't even remember it. Just woke up this morning. <laughs> it was like his brand new iPhone. He was like, must have been two or three years ago. His iPhone X on the floor. And then just my pile of sick all over it, like so. <laughs> um, I had to. I paid, to be fair, I paid for like I paid for him to get it fixed or paid for him to get a new one or whatever. But yeah, I felt bad for that because he his brand new phone. I ruined it because I just crap on the ale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, that's, that's brilliant. That's I suppose that's part of uni for see that though, isn't it? That's probably why you had such a good team because of all them nights out and that. Yeah, so it was class because obviously the Wednesdays are like your social nights where you you get your free booze and your whatever, um, and you, you'd be on the bus back from. So the, at our uni, they did it all properly where you get coached to an away game and that. So on your game on your way back, it's like you're just on the on the ale and that straight out on the Wednesday night. So yeah, I think I think that's why the uni footy is so good because it's. Oh, always like a tight group of lads. Everyone's there for the same reason. So in non-league, you've got some lads that are proper into the fitness. And like, well, we'll have like a protein shake. Nothing, nothing wrong with it. We'll have like a protein shake after after a game. The chicken and rice or whatever, whatever they want to have. Whereas at uni, you've got everyone's there for the same reason. They want to play footy. They want to have a laugh with the mates. They want to have a beer afterwards. So that's probably why uni footy's a bit. Well, I I enjoyed uni footy. A lot more than I was enjoying non-league at the time. Did you have any? Uh, did you win anything with that team? 
in the years um, with the first at, um, at John Moores? Yeah, so the year when when Pred was manager, um, so our third year when I was captain, we won the league and went into the play. I think I think I, one of them's already spoke about this. I can't remember which one. Um, we went into the national playoffs to get. So we were like Northern Division, and then you've got the National League, which has like Loughborough Uni, you know, all like the, the top, top unis. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we won the Northern League and ended up going into playoffs, went up to Stirling in Scotland, stayed, uh, I can't remember whether we stayed the night or not, um, and then ended up getting beat in that playoff because um, they were full-time. Like they they trained like a pro team, whereas we'd have an hour on a Monday night just dossing about, like shoot, shooting, doing some possession boxes, and then lads would be like, you fancy going for a beer? Yes, I am, whatever. Whereas they're <laughs> training like five days a week and taking it proper seriously. So I think I think we did well to even get to that stage, to be honest with you. Um, in my first year at uni, playing for the second team, I think we finished second but we couldn't get promoted anyway because the first and second team can't be in the same league I think it was so and um, it wouldn't have mattered but yeah yeah we had I was just pretty blessed to be in good teams all the way through my uni career yeah I mean that's pretty pretty incredible to, to balance the two really and a few of the lads that we've had on have, have done the same and yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't even get through one year of uni, yet alone uni and football. So I did uni, I just couldn't be arsed with the football side of things. I don't know why. <laughs> Ever since we've done this, all I've all I've got is jealousy because I've missed out. <laughs> I'd have been in like the sixth team or something anyway. That's the point. Um, yeah, so yeah, but back to sort of your you know your your, your career outside of the uh, uni, Josh. When did the move to Witten come about, or did you sit, have a few more seasons at Skem? Um, so I moved to Skem in like the October and then we managed to stay up I think we were like a point and we managed to stay up and then at the end of that year um, I had a few interests from teams in the Northern Northern Prem um, which is what I'm in now so um, yeah I think I was in Wales or something with my missus um, and Adam Pred rang me and said look we're in or after you here I was like, I didn't know anybody at Witten, which is strange because you normally know someone from the team that are interested in you. Didn't know anyone at Witten, didn't know who the manager was, didn't know any of the players, no nothing. Um, and Marine were also interested in me as well. And I knew a few lads at Marine. Um, so, yeah, I was just just in, in Wales with my missus and the Pred rang me. I was like, Witten are after you. Do you want me to give the manager your number? And uh, just went from there, really, like, Met um, Macca and Marty, manager and assistant in a Starbucks in Warrington, and um, from there I was just, I, was, I just loved them. We just get on really well. Um, I was, I was never going to go anywhere else really once I spoke to them. Um, yeah. How yeah. does that work? That like, sorry to put in there, but like, <clears throat> do you know when you've got teams after you? I mean, as a as a naive person that watches football, I immediately think. Even in the non-league, you think agents or they've got to speak through clubs and certain yeah. things like that. Is it literally just a case of if you're on like a non-contract, can any manager just give you the call and just say, "Listen, put seven days in on you or something, and we'll we'll sign you." So what what they're meant to do is the manager's meant to go through the, the club and put seven days in on you, and then at the end of the seven days they can sign you. 
Um, obviously, when I was going from Kendall to Skem, I didn't do that. I just rang the manager at Skem and Kendall released me from it. whatever it is, your registration. But obviously, at the end of the season, you're not registered to anyone. So you just, you're, you're a free agent. So they don't have to put the seven days in on you. So Maka just rang me and said, can we meet up for a chat? I'm after, let's see if we can work something out. Yeah, and I, I, you mentioned, you briefly sort of mentioned there, you didn't really know anyone at Witten. And I, was that sort of your first sort of experience of not knowing anyone at all at a football club at that level and sort of going in as a stranger almost? Yeah, so everywhere I've been, I've always known at least one or two lads to sort of hang about with. And, you know, when you're doing some passing at the start or something, you always tag on to someone. Whereas at Witten, I, I got there first day of pre-season. And I think uh, in Northwich, there was no no footballs, just cones. And he was like, I oh, won't need your boots. So I got there and he gave me all my kit. And I, I didn't know anyone, so I was just sort of sat there. And um, there was like a mint group of lads. So I, I was only, would have only been 21, I think, at the time when I joined Witten. I was still a bit like shy and timid and that. And they, they all just like introduced themselves. Um, I knew a few, sort of knew a few lads from playing against them, but not to be friend, to be mates or pally with. And mm. um, they all just introduced themselves and made it dead easy for me to settle in. So I think that's probably one of the reasons why I ended up staying in the end at Wynn. Like, yeah, loved it. The lads are class. Is it ever an awkward moment? You know, if you've never played against someone and you might have given them a bit of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Is it ever, especially like, you know, if you're playing centre-half and there's a striker and you're trying to get in his head and then <laughs> a season later, your teammates with him. Is it? Does anyone ever hold any grudges or is it all sort of like part of the game? It's, yeah, so it's like, oh, I'm a bit of like a little shit, mate. I do like slide things off the ball, like nip people, like stand on the toes and that, just just to be annoying more than anything, like try and wind them up. I'm not trying to get, well, I'm trying to get an advantage, but just a bit of a wind-up merchant. Um and the striker at Witten, Will Jones, he was at Bursco when I was first when I was first at Kendall. And he absolutely hammered me for 90 minutes. He was like big, strong striker. Got I got bullied for like 90 minutes. And uh, he remembered me. And he was like, he was like, You're that little shit, aren't you? And I was like, <laughs> he's like one of the big, one of the big personalities in the Witten changing room as well. And then it, after a minute of me like sort of sitting there, bit like quaking in my boots, what is he, what's he going to say? He just started laughing. He was like, welcome, welcome to Witten. So, um, yeah, that, that's the only time I've really had it where, um, where I've given shit to someone and they've, and they've actually brought it back up. Everyone always forgets it. So what sort of your time been like at Witten so far? Obviously, uh, I know that you, you've, you know, you've already sort of been made captain and stuff like that. And obviously as a 23-year-old, it's quite a young young age to be a captain, especially when you've got experienced lads. How did that come about? Have you sort of had a good few um, seasons with them before you know you've been made captain or you've been given a chance to captain during the game? Yeah, so I've I'm always loud on the pitch, me. I'm like my dad's always just said if if you're not having a good game, just make sure you you're just loud. Make sure someone can hear you and you stand out and you're just loud because then it'll cover up from you having a bad game. So I probably have more bad games than good games, but I'm just loud, so covers it up. Um, and my first year at Witten, we had... So Rob, Rob Hopley is 
is technically the club captain, who's thirty-six year old striker. Um, but last year he did his like um, ACL and MCL and all that in his knee in a pre-season game. Um, so Maka give it me um, straight for the first game of last season against Whitby. Um, and for, and Hoppo's only just come back really. Obviously, I think the season's just been null and voided tonight. Um, Hoppo's only just come back, so when he comes on, I give him the armband back because it's he's obviously club captain. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it is it is strange, like being a captain at twenty three. But I've always had it going through being a kid and being at uni and that. Um, and all the lads took it well. Some of the lads are older than me. Some of the lads are like 30, 32. We've obviously got Steve McNulty now, who's 36, played like League Two, League One, whatever. Um, and he, yeah, no one, no one, it's nowadays, it's nothing, is it really? Like everyone's, it's just an armband that you wear, you go and toss a coin, and that's it, you're done. Everyone, yeah. Everyone's the same. I'm the same now as I was before I wore an armband. And if, if Mac had come to me and said, we're going to give the armband to McNulty or Jonesy or back to Hopper won't bother me. I'm not bothered by that sort of stuff. What what's that like? I mean, we've had, we've actually had um, Steve McNulty on, and obviously you know Con's a big Charmier fan, and so he's played at a high level. What's that like playing with the lads? That obviously you can almost gain more experience off. Can you tell still that he's like a, a, he's played at that massive level? Yeah. So he can't move. He can't kick the ball <laughs> anymore. Um, but he's best player on the pitch every week. So we play a back yeah. three and he sits in between me and and a player called Nick Ryan. He just literally positions us for 90 minutes. Just says, take a step to your right, take a step to your left, stand in front of the man, stand behind him. And you can just tell that he's been at that higher level. He just bosses a game every week. He, he, he won't, I think he's got a bad knee, so he can't play a channel ball. Whereas all I do is play channel balls and diagonals. And he doesn't like, he's, he'll play like little five yarders and give it someone when they wouldn't really want it because he's used to everyone wanting the ball. Whereas at our level, you just want to hit it in behind and let your striker run, run let your striker chase <laughs> yeah. it. Um, but yeah, you can tell that he's, he's the best like centre half partner I've, I've ever played with, I think. And if he, if he had like, well, it's easy. If he had any legs, he'd still be playing like league one, league two now. He's comfortably. Yeah. Do you reckon he's sort of during games and that that you played with him? And hopefully in the future, you know, hopefully when next season starts and if he's still if he's still playing. Do you reckon he can he can sort of become a better player off playing with this is even with other players in your in your side. Do other players around you make do you feel like that could that makes you a better player sometimes? Yeah, so when I first went to Witten, there was a lad called I used to play centre half a lad called River Humphreys, who you won like um what was it? Um Checker Trade ran like a tradesman competition a few years back where um, they got like a load of trades that played, tradies that played footy and uh, the winner won a, co- a contract at like Oldham or someone like that and he won that um, and he was on Wayne Rooney's Street Striker when he was like a 21 year old as well so he's a centre half <laughs> and he's on Wayne that, so. Yeah. Yeah. so he's a centre half and he, I think he comes second on Wayne Rooney's Street Striker but He's just like he was a fully off the rails, so that's why I was playing at our level. Um, and he made me miles better player. And then obviously, we've got um, Steam Act now, and 
learning from him every week, like he, even just little bits, like telling me to take a step to my right so it's easier to to win the ball off the off the man. Or obviously, I've never been taught it, but he has me. You know, when you're marking a man, he has me stood in front of him so that he can't get a run on me. Just crap like that that I've never been taught. Would never think to do. He's sort of like coaching me at a bit of a later age to make to make me an even better player. Yeah, I, I think you touched on that. Um, the 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 lad River there. Have you ever found sort of in your sort of experience in levels that you played at that there's lads there that have got like who've got like bags and bags of talent and like potential and they just can't, either can't be asked or they're off the rails. Yeah. So River's probably the biggest one I'd say because he he sort of just floated around like our league league below. And then the count is because he's just so unpredictable. Like one week he'll be there, one week he won't. We played like a bank holiday Monday game. And he, he was like, say, he just didn't turn up because he'd been on like a like a 6 a.m. session on the Sunday or whatever. Just didn't turn up. So that's I think that's why he's probably never gone higher. But get quite a few lads that are just happy playing at our level and tossing it off because they can, quite a few lads can still go out on a Friday and then, do it on a Saturday. Whereas if you go any higher, you've got to really commit to it, I think. Yeah. And it's sort of a thing with, you've spoken to a a few lads about this, sort of playing like part-time football. Is it ever hard to balance the two? Like if you, you know, work and football? Um, Well, I'm I'm quite blessed. It's like my work are flexible. So if I, if I need to get off early for football and they just let me get off on a, on a Tuesday, for example, if I need to get off at, one o'clock, two o'clock, then they'll just say go on. Then they're not strict like some places are. But the worst, the worst one is probably like going to Scarborough on a Tuesday night, getting back at half one, two o'clock in the morning, and having to get up at six, seven o'clock for work the next day. That's probably the worst part about it. But um, I haven't really experienced that side of your work being arsy with you about having to get off for footy. Um, I'm quite blessed in that respect. So, yeah, I've not, yeah. I've not had any problems with that. I mean, obviously, we, we've gone through the sort of the, the whole of your career now, and I was just sort of scanning through Twitter before, and I stumbled upon the Josh Wardle supporters <laughs> club. <laughs> Party boy by day. Uh, hard-hitting central defender on 3pm on a Saturday. <laughs> explain yourself? Who's this? So, when I was at... Um, when I was at uni, the lads I lived with, um, there was like I lived with three of three other lads and then four other lads the next year. Um, still good mates with them now, and they they used to come and watch because I, I was playing at Prescott and it was like ten minutes down the road from where we used to live in Kenny. Um, so they used to come and watch and just absolutely batter like just hammer me from the sidelines for ninety minutes. And then one day, one of them just decided to make this Twitter account. I think I'd, I must have scored for Sken the night before. And they just made this Twitter account. And every time I scored, they were, um, they'd tweet or, or like put, put like a sarcastic tweet out. It's one of the things that I like, well, not, not despise, but I don't like is, and I think it's a bit cringy. You know, when lads have played the night before, or lads have played and they've got beat, um, and they put like, not our game today, but 
going to bounce back stronger. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. at non-league level. Yeah. You know, like, happy to get my goal, but disappointed with the team's loss. Like, just, just wind it in. Like, non-league <laughs> football, just give it a rest. I can't stand that. So, they, they used to... Because, obviously, at Skem, we were getting beat quite a bit, but I scored quite a few goals. I scored, like, seven or eight goals. So, they'd tweet that, saying, like, happy to get my goal, but disappointed with the loss. Probably going to get relegated or, you know, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he got me in shit one day with it because um, my missus took me to Budapest for my 21st and I missed the training session with Skeb um, and I think I told him that I had uni or something like that so this is one of the examples of him letting me get away with murder and uh, missed the training session I said I had uni work or something he was like yeah no worries came back played the Saturday came, landed the Saturday morning played the Saturday afternoon I scored um, so they put a tweet out saying, even after being abroad for three days, Josh Ward still, still scores goals or something like that. <laughs> and uh, the manager up. rang me and he was he was like, he ended up finding me, I think, for like a week's wages. Um, but he was all right by the end. But yeah, they had to, I think that's probably one of the last tweets. They had to wind it in a bit after that. Because I said I wasn't <laughs> getting fined every time they tweeted. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh mate that's fucking brilliant man. I'll have to get on the um, to find some of the tweets there and just start retweeting <laughs> yeah so I mean um, we've covered we've, we've covered the majority of um, the sort of all of your career there mate and it's yeah pretty pretty fantastic and I mean it's up to you now I mean I don't know whether you, you, you're you having a beer tonight but we can uh, we can do the uh, the timed we, we've got a few questions from Con and then we'll do a timed um Beer down if that's okay with you, yeah, mate. Go on. Yeah, we haven't done these for a while, have we? No, we'll do the questions first and then we'll we'll go to the beer, mate. So that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah take it um, away, Con. Yeah, so these questions we've asked well, some of the other lads. Um so you know. join your career so far. Have you um had so many initiations along the way? <laughs> so um for the uni, we obviously are, I think. I bet Crossy's already spoke about it and uh, Tongi and Adam have already spoke about it for the uni where we have the, the welcome night. Um, yeah, Tongi for, did mine, for mine, I obviously, I got dressed up in like, I had to wear a thong, I think like a lady's thong. And like, <laughs> I was just pretty brutal the year we did it. We got took to like a Sefton Park and they'd, they'd hollowed a fish out, <laughs> cut the tail off this fish and then like hollowed it out so that the mouth was there. And all the freshers had to like line up oh. and they'd pour like ale through this fish like in your gob and that like it was absolutely disgusting. <laughs> so that's that's the uni one. Um, <laughs> yeah, to do any then, songs at all. Yeah, so others. um oh well I've got a bit of an, an array to be fair. <laughs> um for Witten I sung um Cisco Thong Song. Don't remember that one. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so I sung Cisco Thong. So I'm not I'm not good at singing it, so I just like make an ass of myself. Um never had to do one for Kendall or Skem. They, they, I managed to slip out of that. But um for Sly, for Sly and I did um The Man Who Can't Be Moved by um what were they called? The script, oh, was it? Yeah, script. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that was like I think I did it for the uni as well in my first year, but that was dead awkward because no one knew the words. So I'm just no one's joining in. Yeah. I'm just singing on my own, no backing track or anything. <laughs> Sat there, yeah, on me and stood there singing like a like a tip. 
next one. Um, what would you say is your best moment that you've had so far in football? Um, either well, it's a bit of a toss up to be fair between um, when in my first year at Witten we um, we got to the last qualifying round of the FA Cup. Um, so the fourth qualifying round, and we played um, Solihull Moors from the conference. Yeah. And that was good because there was like, I think it was about 800, 900 fans at Witten's ground, um, jam-packed, like nice summer's day. All my family were there. So that was that that was probably one of my best games. Got beat 2-0, like, but still like a boss game. Yeah. Um, or probably winning the league for the uni because it was just like absolute mayhem. Like the winning the league was nice and that, but just the mayhem afterwards that, that, was, that was the good part about it. Yeah. So yeah, the Solio game, I'd say, for, yeah. as a professional point of view. Yeah. Um, you mentioned a few before of these, but um, what what would you say was the worst away dressing room that you've been in? Oh, flipping air. Yes, best um, hanging off the wall. Yeah. Well, that was a home dressing room. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, there's a few, to be fair, because... You've got so there's Clitheroe. Clitheroe's like porter cabins, porter loos, every proper grim. When it rains, then like the water all pools and puddles everywhere. And then one of the other ones that's probably rivaling that is Ghoul, which is like bad enough to get to as it is. It's like I think it's past Hull, yeah, it's right there, isn't it? Um, and it's just like stinks. There's probably like dog shit underneath all the seats, (laughs) (laughs) there's like. It's one of them pitches that's got a running track around it. Uh, Don't shit on the pitch. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, ghoul. Cause just more for the trip over there. And then having a cold shower after the game. Uh, yeah, I probably forgot my flip-flops as well. So, I'd probably trod in all the dog shit whilst I was at it. <laughs> yeah, and then um, the final one, which you've asked most people. Um, if you could change one thing about football, what would it be? Uh Tweets after a game should be banned. As <laughs> <laughs> tweeting after a game, absolutely cannot stand it. Yeah. Can't, can't stand it. Yeah, that, that, Thanks. absolutely. Yeah. That's fantastic, that. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's probably one of the best answers we've had almost. <laughs> tweets <laughs> after a game. I think he's on quite a few of my mates, like, do it. So, but I still like, I hammer him for it every week, but I just yeah. can't stand it. I feel like I've seen you comment on a few of Tungy's posts. I'm so sarcastic with him because he's he's got like this, he must have a, like a notebook that he just opens up and <laughs> clicks to the right page. And he's like, lost 1-0, yeah. oh, scored but lost 2-1. Or like when he signed a new deal for Hyde, <laughs> he puts them at... So I just yeah. I just hammer him for it every he's time. Got, he's, got, he's got them all in the draft, draft suites. Yeah. yeah. Draft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, mate. I, funny, funny actually, I saw something on Twitter like um, it was like non-league, uh, non-league footballer comment roulette, and it had all of them on it. Like, yeah, like, yeah oh, that would have been it. <laughs> yeah. cheers, cheers for the fans for making the journey down and stuff. Like that, stuff like That's that. the worst one when they've got like when six fans have gone to watch them away at Scarborough or something like that. They've been hammered three 0 thanks to the fans for coming to watch. 
<laughs> two of them were the parents and three of them were committee members and one was okay. the manager. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, me, I did nothing more than that. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, I'm all for, like, I just want to say, I'm all for appreciating fans and that, but like, do it to them in person. Don't put it on Twitter. Yeah, when of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, as I say before, we've covered most of your career, but we'll move on to the uh, most important part of <sighs> the, uh, the pod. Hopefully you can beat uh, Adam and Liam. Uh, Surely you'll beat Crossy. Surely yeah, you'll yeah, definitely yeah. beat I'll be Crossy. disappointed if I don't beat Crossy. <laughs> are, we, are we going in a glass there as well? Yeah, mate. Yeah. Uh, add so, to the uh, experience. What did Tongi get? I can't even fucking remember. Um, He's a joke. He's a joke. Oh, yeah. I'll never, ever beat him. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bit of a joke. Right, right Con and Hodge, yeah. are you ready? I'm ready on the... On the I'm on the ready, clock. yeah. Right, yeah, so, so you, you, you go on, uh, 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 yeah, go on, uh, on, on your, on, on your, uh, on your count, uh, on your count, Josh. Right, one, then. three, two, one. We're off. That's quick, quick that. Oh my god, that's quick. Oh, oh god, that's outrageous. Oh. We're done. Yeah. Oh, here we go. What oh, have we got in there, lads? Go on, you go and touch. Uh, it's quick. It's quick. But it's five point seven seconds. Ooh, I've, got, I've got, I've got it down as five point five nine. So that you can have five point five nine. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah you've, you've you've got half less than half of crosses. So yeah, he's a disgrace when it comes to stuff like that, Crossy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't do a wicked when he uh, when he did it. <laughs> <laughs> there was suggestions of gin and tonic, but uh, they got bypassed. Yeah, I think that, I think that puts you second behind Tongi. Behind Tongi, yeah, definitely. Oh, I'm trying to look now. Yeah, second. Oh, that's some effort, that man. Tongi's on me off. Tongi's on me off. Yeah, because um, when he, I was listening to the pod and he didn't name drop me once. I couldn't believe it. He's like, <laughs> mate, we've got like a little group of mates, like so. It's like Adam. And then like Billy Smart, me and Tongi, and he name dropped them two, and I never got a mention. So I said I wouldn't mention him, and I've spoke about him the most. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, that's brilliant. Well, what we'll do, mate, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll sort of round up there. But thank you very much for coming on, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Really appreciate it, mate. Thank you. No, no worries, boys. Yeah, it's been great. Good thank you. Well, that was Passing Groove. Many thanks to everyone who has listened. If you got this far, we'll be back weekly with more episodes. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. All the links will be in the description. Feel free to message us with any feedback or comments. Again, many thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Mm -hmm.